you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Around the NFL podcast, get sick of football a little earlier each year. <laughs> oh, no. From the Chris Wesley podcast studio, that's not a good sign. It's around the NFL, and it's untrue. It's cynical for some of us. I'm Dan Hansis, joined by some heroes: Greg Rosenthal, <laughs> Mark Sessler. The the drop actually reminds me of a very funny tweet we got last week, I believe, which it said Mark is always like hoping for the season to speed up, but he's also hoping for the off season to speed up. So it was saying like, does Mark just have a problem with the concept of time? Right, it's becoming more of just a thing. <laughs> the idea of time is becoming a greater issue to Mark. It's a fair critique, but I right. I do think, and I'm not just saying this, like this time around. I am excited for football, and I don't feel like I'm attached um, team fan wise to a you know a, a two, 2022 version of the Titanic for once. Although so. you were tweeting out Dearness Johnson I notes, saw that. like when he decided to throw on the game pass of a preseason game, uh, yeah, went immediately to Dearness. I, I covered that. them all all 32 teams okay. equally in professional. I was, didn't didn't was, see any on Rashad White of the Bucks or anything. It either. also didn't seem overly. Cessillary? Did you did you did you guys notice that? Or did you notice that, Greg? Dearness Johnson is on track to flat out start somewhere in the NFL down the line. That's a little hot takey from Mark. I didn't. I think it can. Like I really thought that last. Year, I think like, that happens when he, when he's watching. He had to have been watching him though. Right? I was. Yeah. To get that, but Mark will do that. Some he's a tape dog. On the subject of preseason games, <laughs> I want to share with you my three things, um, that I care about with the preseason, which is mercifully over next weekend. Mm-hmm. One, did anyone substantial get injured? Two, did a rookie or maybe a making the leap type guy blow up in some way? Three, did the Ravens win? But can you guys answer me how week two went for the preseason? Any of those things? Did anybody substantial like a starting level big time guy get hurt? Well, that's coming up in the news somewhat, but not not yes, a ton. I would I say mean, all right. not, not a ton. Not massive we'll star, get to that. but like some developing players. Did a rookie or making the leap dude blow up? I would say yes. Oh, certainly there's yep. there's some uh, examples of that. You can find it on the sixty eight. Uh, things uh, that uh, takeaways from preseason week two. There's Although, only one takeaway honest, left that I care about. Mo- most of them weren't from the games. They're from did the, the Ravens win? Hell yeah. <laughs> the haze in the barn. <laughs> yes. What are we up to? 22 games in a mm-hmm. row? Yeah. It is. Forget about. And they're not even trying this year. Joe they're not DiMaggio. playing any starters. What are the great streaks? I mean, none of them to me measure up. Cal to Ripken. What we're seeing. This Ripken, is bigger than Cal Ripken. DiMaggio. Whatever. 22 straight preseason wins now. Couldn't you argue this is what they've done because the preseason has so many X factors and bizarre variables that this outshines the Cal Ripken streak. Yeah. Well, it might be more improbable. Cause like last what did night, Cal Ripken do? He got up in the morning and played baseball. I went to work like yeah. a couple well, thousand times well, in a row. They sure. they, they haven't played their starters either. Good for you. 
I mean, I guess they've been playing teams that haven't played their starters, so it's it's even. But it's not like uh, Lamar's out there. It's not like any of these starters but that's are out why there, but it's, it's just t- in the culture. That's why it's a total flex. It's so, the like, biggest we're gonna- story. It's the biggest sports story nobody talks about. <laughs> Fox I mean, tried to make it a thing last night. It was on. I was do, writing my, my article while I had it on in the background. And they were mentioning how Trace McSorley, who, of course, uh, of con- course, contributed to a few of those wins with the Ravens, now starting for the Cardinals. And he's like, look, I know how much it means over there. Like, they take it serious. If we don't if we don't if we're not on our P's and Q's, we're going to be in trouble. And you know what he was? They were down 24 to three until Kyler Murray came in as a play caller. The next Mike Martz. I, I think that it's a great move by the Cardinals, by the way. Good that PR. is a sneaky, high-level PR move. It's like, Tell me why. Oh, by, because, by the way, oh, oh the, the story was 10 days ago, Kyler Murray like is just wants to sit around and play. like He wants right. to game all day long. But now he just steps in and calls a pristine, crisp half of football. Uh, what is your quarterback doing? I saw Zumwalt on text. Zumwalt was getting pumped about that, too. and It just made me think of, like, yeah, he's probably calling the same three plays he calls in Madden. You know, the guy that runs three Madden plays over and over again. He's like, whatever he does in his gaming life, he just transferred would, over and maybe I would hope He was mixing it up, too. Are. McSorley got down to the one, almost scored, and then, he, you know, it's third and goal. You just need, like, a foot, and he called, like, a read option with McSorley going going over. It was, yeah, I was lambasted nice on the show last Monday, by the way, for bringing up Trace McSorley as a mm. spicy well, this, August this was performer. more in the Kyler context. Ky- Cliff went 0 for 6. <laughs> 0 for 6. Scoring touchdowns as the play caller. Kyler comes in two for two when his first two drives. It doesn't matter. Although there was uh, what you looked for, the rookie sort of breakup. Isaiah likely is a thing. Six for 100 in the first there half of that game. Like I didn't even throw it in the column at this point because we've talked too much about Isaiah likely. He is like a rookie tight end who is probably their third best receiver right now. Sounds like Ravens. he's likely to come up often mm. this season on around the NFL. Good job. Nice. Nailed it. Transition. Sean, Sean Payton tried to do that too. Yeah. Coming up on today's show. Listen, the people wanted it, but you can't rush some things. You have to wait for the right moment. Nay, the Flashpoint. Oh, yeah, Flashpoint focus. Flashpoint, Flashpoint, Flashpoint. It's about getting in front of the story, not reacting to the story. The Flashpoint series is back. Testimonial. Flashpoint is simply awesome. What an ongoing series. It's perfectly timed. We can dig it. Greg's a jerk. These guys get it. That's what the Flashpoint's about. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now we know why it's back. I recognize some voices in that. Just, just in that, for that uh, 30 production. seconds of Dan finally just feeling pure joy listening to his creation. <laughs> it's good. You didn't rush it. and I Was, I that, think we, was that a testimonial section within that? There was. It was very rich. Wow. So what, what else do you expect, need, Greg? I was expecting you to find the clips of us, you know, talking Baker, talking Carson Wentz, like right before they truly reached It the stands on point. its own. Yeah. stands on its own. And also you should know uh, – Many, many people uh, reached out to me for the um, Greg's a Jerk sound drop. And I was like, I get, I re- just all different directions. I was like, guys, just, no, 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 no. Back off. Just a title. Like you sent yeah. a, a group email, said who wants to take it. And that was how it was. Like, me, me, me. <laughs> Settling scores all over the place. All right. So that's coming up. Flashpoint series. <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We have been patient. It's been a long time. It, it's like... Uh, you think about Terrence Malick, the director. Mm-hmm. He directed in 1978, Days of Heaven, and then he waited 22 years Sat on it. to drop the thin red line. Sat on it. 20 years. And I, th- I think there's a parallel here. He was a ma- he's a master class director, and Flashpoints is something that we hold in such high esteem that we're not going to rush it. Although after that, he just started churning them out. So is that what we're going to do? Are we gonna wait? Well, we're not. We'll go our own way. But right, we're following the Malik model. Yes, Justin. Fun fact: My very first internship ever was for Terrence Malik as an office intern back really? in Austin, Texas. Was he nice? Wow. Did you- he was really nice. Mark's Mike's finally gonna I like actually, you now. now yeah. I actually would like to speak with you after the show. <laughs> he that. writes his scripts on a typewriter still, and it's it's really? interesting. Isn't it nice that also you finally now found an inroad with Mark? Yeah, we've yeah, been had a little tension on the show, but it's but now on it's organic. And we didn't force it; it's organic. Mike, it all fits. Kind of like today's flashpoint. Very well done, and we have a special guest uh, coming on to talk. 
It is Scott Reynolds from PewterReport.com. Uh, the Bucks and Tom Brady, who returned to practice today after his mysterious absence that maybe was connected to a really goofy Fox reality show. Maybe. According to rumors. You know, I, I have connections, just like you guys do, to people in the business of show living here in Los Angeles. I got some... I got a text on good authority that was like, buy in. It's real. He's going to be on the mask singer. I mean, I'll believe you, but I, I find that Don't to believe be, me. I'm just saying this is uh, somebody mm, that's in the business If that's why he stepped away, if it was a personal matter like they called it, but if he stepped away to do the mask singer, I do think that, that Tom Brady is, has, has departed mentally. I got, I, got, I got a source that said the opposite. Mm, the I did also. Singer. Not doing the mask singer. Yes, this is a source off, isn't it? Now, this isn't my reporting site, Triple Source, as everyone knows. Um, but this is just one source that had told me that. <laughs> Hello. Oh, well. I mean, it, there are, it does line up in very – it's a compelling conspiracy theory. All right. Let's – before we get to Flashpoint, let's get to the news. Now, everyone, get out your popcorn because the Panthers announced Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback, which means he's going to be facing the very same team that drafted him number one overall. Drama. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No drama. Yes, many of us saw it coming, and now it's official. Baker Mayfield will be the week one starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers when they face Baker Mayfield's former team, the Browns, in Charlotte. Uh, Head coach Matt Rule announced the decision Monday. Here is his statement that was released by the website, or his quote. When we started this process, we were looking at three things. Number one, mastery of the offense. Number two, situational football excellence. And number three, moving the ball and getting guys involved. That's been our focus all along. Baker has made a lot of improvement, a lot of growth in all three areas in a short amount of time. So it's Sam Darnold. Last year's starter will back up Baker Mayfield, and we will see if Mayfield, Greggy, can – Basically resurrect his career after a very tough ending in Cleveland. Well, I do want to thank Matt Rule and Scott Fitter and everyone who saved us from uh, Sam Darnold being a week one starter in the NFL. Makes this organization yep. more entertaining. Makes that game against the Browns more entertaining. Yep. I mean, they might be favored. I got questions about the Browns roster. Uh, certainly, I, I you know it's it's certainly spicier. And I I think there's a chance here that Matt Rule's offense. Helps him out. Uh, I like even if he put up Teddy Bridgewater's numbers from two years ago for the Panthers this this year, like the Panthers would just be a much better, more watchable team. He'll do it in a much more entertaining, different way. I feel like they wasted a little too much time pretending this was a battle, but it's fine. It ended here. I mean, they could have brought him in earlier too. After all this, but I, it's it's funny to me that Cleveland will be paying Baker Mayfield ten point five million dollars to potentially start their season off. On a, a low note, <laughs> that's such a I, Browns thing. It really is. I mean, this year especially. I, I it's for Sam Darnold. I think your days as even competing to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, based outside of some sort of truly chaotic scenario down the line, it's over. And it's kind of depressing a little bit on the Darnold front because, in theory, he should have been the heavy favorite for someone who knew the offense, for someone that had the entire bulk of the offseason. He's just not a better quarterback. I think mm. Baker Mayfield for all the. Mm. You think that Sam Darnold is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield? I just want to see both of them play on the same team. I, I I'm just looking think forward that, to the season. That's fine. From that they, it's very possible both will play, but I, I really genuinely think that from the very beginning, this well, Baker, was Baker is Mayfield's, way more accomplished, yeah. obviously. But uh, and if we want, yeah, we could use this to write the eulogy of Sam Darnold's career. But I just would not be shocked if you end up seeing both of these quarterbacks. Baker, from the moment he got there, even though they did present it almost out of, it seemed like, respect for Darnold, who had been in the building for over a year, they made it look like it was a competition, but it never was. This was Baker's job to win, and he, I'm happy that he's doing against the Browns in week one. That's just fun, uh, but this will be something I'll be interested to see where things are at at this position by October. Hmm. I, I just, I'm just not as high on Mayfield, I guess. I know you're I not. Know. But I, I'm not I either. Think people, he was bad he, last year. He's had moments. He hurt. I get it. But even Everybody's that, hurt. I, I mean, get it. But Darnold, well, like, Darnold is among the biggest busts in NFL history to me. Like <laughs> What? I, 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 re- I really would put that for a top pick. Dude, are you he, kidding me? The, one of the biggest busts in NFL history? For, for 
I, I think if you just look at the number, you know, he right. got a longer timeline, but if you just look at the numbers of quarterbacks who have started that amount of games over like a four-year period, it's there with anyone in the last 20 years, basically any numbers-wise. And, and that and, and those guys usually don't get as many chances as he did, so it's a little different than like an Achilles Smith or guys like that who, who only got one year or two years. It, it doesn't matter. Maybe he'll end up playing. I'm sure he will again as a backup somewhere. He'll get another chance. And, and it, you're right, Dan. It'll probably be like one this year. But this gives him a shot. It's a weak division. We'll talk about that later with Scott Reynolds. But there, there's some there's some possibility I hope I'm here. Wrong because I think Baker, in light of everything that's happened with Cleveland this year, I think it would be kind of a little bit delicious if Mayfield had a big season. Um, so I'm okay with being well, wrong and also, on this one. If, if, if what you say will happen happens – and Baker Mayfield is missing starts because he's been benched, his career is also in a very dark place. He's a backup, too. I think, yeah, I think Darnold with this is heading into that. He's a number two guy and probably can hang around for a few years. But I, mean, I think he'll get an opportunity tells you to, a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's telling, like, this is it for Matt Rule. He's got to win with Baker Mayfield. I think there's a chance he could. But Matt, Matt Corral's injury o- over the weekend, he's going to miss the season. Remember, that's the third-round pick that they – took uh, in the draft to me is is very like typical of everything with this Matt Rule era. If he goes, I think he if Matt Rule doesn't survive this year, I think he's going to really look back and hate the half measures he took. It all was half measures. Teddy was a little Teddy was a half measure that they gave two years guaranteed. He was okay, not great. They wanted to upgrade. Darnold ended up being a half measure too early. Like they could have gotten a draft pick last year. They could have gotten Mac Jones. They could have gotten Justin Fields. They could have gotten bigger at the position. And Baker was kind of a last minute half measure. And Matt Corral was kind of a half measure. Like we're not going to go all the way in for our rookie quarterbacks this year, but we are going to give up a third round pick uh, to move up uh, for next year for whoever's running this team next year. They don't have their third round pick. The Patriots have it and a fourth round pick to go get Corral. So you hate to see him get injured, but just like it was a lot of like, we didn't ever want to go all in. And then suddenly you're, you might be gone. They lack identity. And I think, you know, I look at the GM too. I mean, it's not been, it's for a team that came in under their ownership with such urgency when attached to Matt rule, we're in year three. And I see no distinct characteristics about who the Panthers are right now. Maybe big. I guess to be that. fair, they tried. They just swung and missed. They wanted Stafford. Over and they, over. They though. wanted Watson. They just didn't get him. Um, and I could I could hear it now, so I just want to get out in front of this. I am not saying that Sam Darnold has a career ahead of him that's going to be shining, but when you say he's one of the biggest busts in the history of the NFL. Give me a quarterback he, specifically. He was never in position to be successful in the league, and there are guys like Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf and Vernon Golston who are outright disasters, who were next level type bus. I'm thinking That's a quarterback a category though. to me. Yeah, I get. I I guess, but give me the quarterbacks that you would put in a different category than him that that have played. I guess Russell Russell is your example. Russell, if you wanted to go look, had had some moments. Now he he. He even in the top good. 10, even right. in the top 10 of that draft, I think you could look at the guy that was taken by the Arizona Cardinals sure. as a bigger bust than Darnold. Sure. I mean, where is that guy? He's on the Browns. Probably will not be in the, the next month, but uh, he is on the Browns right now. <laughs> I'm calling him that guy because his name has escaped me. Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen. Josh Rosen, that is a raging bust. <laughs> sure. And that's not to pile it's on Josh Rosen. I'm just but saying. I, I guess like people like, and I hope he can have like a Gabbert like career. But to me, like that, that's where you're at. I'm and, and, not and lo- lower that. than a, a Gabbert and Achilles Smith. Yeah, th- those top picks who, who got a little Achilles chance. Smith. Yeah. All right. He didn't last. Let's long. pause right here and take a break. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. 
Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know ever do that saying? with Some everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Um, another former first-round pick. Current first-round pick. When do you become a former first-round pick? Next year, I guess? I don't know. Kenny Pickett. I think he's just the first-round pick. He's just yeah. the first-round pick. Maybe he, after his career. He's balling out in the preseason. Six of seven, 76 yards touchdown against the Jaguars uh, this weekend. And, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett, Mark, there have been um, positive comments about him. There there was criticism about how he started his camp, and he looked very green and like a rookie. But now when he's starting to stack up these preseason performances, it goes back to what I was saying a few weeks ago. Like, we need to see how he performs in these games before we decide or before we are sure that somebody like a Mason Rudolph or anyone else is starting quarterback for this team. I still tend to think that they would like to roll Mitch Trubisky out there early because their offensive line, according to, I think Mark Caboli is one of the best Steelers reporters out there and has said that on a day-to-day basis, the line has looked more fractured and messy uh, than a year ago, which is a big problem. It was a problem for Big Ben. That said, when you watch Kenny Pickett, it's just like in these games. And I think that's an argument for the preseason. I'm not a big preseason fan at all, but like, the chance that we've had to experience Kenny Pickett in game situations. And he was playing the starters against the Jaguars in this recent affair. He's played with starters against starters. Right, yeah. and he's looked fantastic. And I think he's sort of everything that it, Mike Tomlin said he wanted post-Big Ben. A mobile quarterback. He can throw on the run really well. He does well off script. I just I think this is su- the problem here for a little bit, if you're Mitch Trubisky or anyone else, is that this is a special situation where this is someone – who Pittsburgh already loves because where he went to school and who he is, and he's showing up really well at the, in these games. I don't know how you fend him off for more than a week or and two. And Mike Tomlin loves him. I mean, he, he Mike was Mike Tomlin at- said on the draft, the night of the draft, they asked, would you be open to starting Kenny Pickett week one? And go look at his words. He said yes. I think he's got a, a shot. We're taping this on Monday, so it's kind of an awkward time. We'll see what they do with their practice reps. Uh, but after the game, Tomlin said, just that's who he is. Pickett because he led a two-minute drive, and his numbers are great, but actually Trubisky's numbers are quite good, and Mason Rudolph's numbers are great too, and none of them have been protected well. Trubisky, especially against other starters, has had no protection, and he survived pretty well, but what Tomlin said after the game to me was very telling. He said, that's who he is in terms of Pickett's ability to come up in the clutch. He did it next door. He probably did it in high school. He probably did it in Little League. Some things people are born with. Like, he's not talking about that, about Trubisky or Rudolph. And I, I tend to think you're right. I think Trubisky probably gets week one. But we might find out by Wednesday that that's, that that's wrong and that the leash now is extremely short because of Pickett's preseason. In other news, uh, the Washington Commanders, this Antonio Gibson situation is getting dicey. The running back um, served as Washington's kick returner in their preseason game against the Chiefs. He's playing behind Brian Robinson. And, Greg, uh, this was not the game plan. This is not how Washington saw their offensive maturing with Carson Wentz, and they thought Gibson was a, a major guy. But maybe he's not because the team and the coaching staff has not seemed to be very excited right now. It, it could be Ron Rivera sending a message, but Brian Robinson just is a kind of – 
straight ahead. I'm going to try to get the yards that are there guy. And Ron Rivera literally said last week, Antonio Gibson needs to run harder. And I, I don't think that means their roles are flipped and that Gibson's definitely the backup, but it's going to be a three-person committee. This is a guy that was getting taken, Gibson, in the very high reaches of fantasy drafts while Robinson was barely getting drafted at all. And it feels like a three-man committee at best for Gibson with J.D. McKissick also Oof. being a big big factor. It's a rough tumble because it's not like a new regime came in and just saw Antonio Gibson differently than the past. I mean, Scott Turner knows him really well, but he's had the fumbling issues. He had a terrible fumble against the Panthers in that first preseason game, which just was thematically what what one of the things He'll I think get his Ronald, chances too. I don't think he's just going to be buried. But they'll both play. But I mean, I think if yeah. you're in fantasy world, and we'll talk about that on Wednesday, it's suddenly it's it's a clown car. You don't know. Why'd what's you going throw on. your hands up like that? See, that's no, a fourth. You're not th- looking forward to the fantasy. No, I totally am. I just meant like I. I why should you I? Said dig- we, we were not. To, you know, we'll talk about that on. Wednesday. Why should I dig on in on it now when we're going to go into such depth on Wednesday? We well, took you off I fantasy was, corner last year, remember? And you were in studio and a major part. I thought you would have enthusiasm, not the right. throwing up the arms. Like, I, I think well, I have. I actually have a very special update to come on Wednesday. Oh. Just I mean, to let you know. I just think like... Interesting. Nice tease. Like this This wasn't... Maybe a fourth thing that you can learn from... from okay, I'm open to... Position battles. Okay. I got to admit though, you're right. What McVay did in terms of sitting his starters a few years ago, that was like the canary in the coal mine. And more than ever, most teams are doing that and it's increased each and every year. So I would say the vast majority of my 68 things we learned from this last week was not from the games. It was just... the second plug of that article? Yeah. I mean, nice. I believe in it. I'm putting Rule too threes. much work in Need it. Need another one I'm before putting, the end of the show. But I think for, for you, Mark, you know, when you think about the fantasy element of this week... And you think about what how important you are to this show. I think you nice. should listen to what Carson Wentz has been trying to tell us all off season. You know, as we all know, excited to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. That's a take command scenario with the fantasy extravaganza. You want me to start to do that? Well, it's all hands on deck. You know, we need. When did I suggest I was not going to uh, be a part of it? If or put on the YouTube show, can we have an instant replay of Mark throwing up his hands like, uh, we'll talk about that on Wednesday. Well, that's uh, not the way I said it, but I don't think. Sure. Uh, rookie injuries to talk about. Here we go. And that's one of the big three. Greg, I have um, I've thought it over, and positional battles do not make my top three. Okay. <laughs> but if you – if doesn't mean like – not it's, definitive, it's not definitive. Like my top three has to be everybody's top three. Okay. That's just yeah. mine. Yours might have more than three or four or five or six, and positional battles could be. I, lo- I kind of love this time of year because we've waste we've spent a lot of time talking about not knowing much mm-hmm. in terms of like how is this all going to happen. And I think you get into it with the Jets. You want to know like who's having good camps, who's having the, who's up, who's down. Mm-hmm. Just expand that out by thirty-two teams because all these like <laughs> questions of. Uh, these teams, like they're being answered quietly. If only I could, I could expand myself out to thirty-two teams yeah. the way Greg just does effortlessly. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, it, that's good. I'm happy that it makes you that excited. It's sort of a hold-in for you in terms of coverage and content. Mm. Yeah, I'm just running out the clock a little bit and getting excited uh, for next week. Well, I think it's an honest. Yeah. An, it's an that's honest uh, answer for me. Uh, rookie injuries. Giants first-round pick. Outside rusher Kayvon Thibodeau, our friend, out three to four weeks with a sprained MCL, got taken out by a low block that led to a lot of internet discussion and consternation. Not everybody has to have takes on everything. Guys, you know, apparently they do. This world, you know, we're always fighting about stuff. Do we need to be fighting about everything? How about we just say, ah, bummer that the rookie, that kid hurt his knee. I hope he's going to be okay. Not like I know what block should be legal and illegal. You don't know the game. You never play the game. You're not a you're not a good guy because you see things differently. You know, enough of that. That's when I switch over to TikTok. Seattle running back Kenneth Walker uh, dealing with a hernia, and uh, he's had he has surgery. So I'm not sure how long they're going to be without the running back. But there's always an injured running back when we're talking about the Seahawks. It seems hopefully he gets better soon enough. And uh, Patriots wide receiver Tyquan Thornton out. Eight weeks. That's a toughie. I think a broken collarbone was yeah. the injury. A well, a collarbone injury, yeah, but there's different types of broken collarbones that he could still return this season. But I do think that could impact a potential trade because it felt like either either uh, Kendrick Bourne or maybe Nelson Aguilar was going to get traded. At first, I thought it was Aguilar, but then Bourne is having a bizarre camp where Belichick yelled at him. He got kicked out 
for fighting. <laughs> like people, Coach Bill yelled at me. Yeah, people saw Belichick like yelling at him. Then he was benched in the preseason game, even though he was healthy. There's all, you know, there was some stuff going on there, and he hasn't been targeted much, but apparently, so I. Thornton I was their best receiver this summer. Potentially. That that might mm. be bold, but yeah, I like I don't know. like that a smaller a smaller. He's the only one on the team that is fast, so I would have liked um, him to be healthy. He'll be a little slower for the next eight weeks at least. If the Patriots come out and score like thirty five points a game over the first month of the season, <laughs> then I'm with you, Dan. I will never pay attention to anything that happens in the summer ever again because right. it just seems so uh, gloomy. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm really looking forward to September 11th. Well, 2022. Right. Finally in the news, Dana White um, is the grand poobah of UFC. Like, he's the guy. He runs the whole show. And they had one of their events. I'm not really a big fan. I don't follow it. But I know millions of people love UFC. So whatever the big UFC event was this past weekend, he was speaking um, as part of some type of round table of, I don't know, pre-fight or post-fight discussion. And he had this to say with Rob Gronkowski in studio about a potential sliding door scenario, never saw the movie, involving Tom Brady and Gronk and the Las Vegas Raiders. So I want to bet. I, I'm the one, I, I, I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders. And it was almost a done deal. And at the last minute, this Gruden how he blew talks? the deal up and said that he didn't want him. And Whoa. all hell broke loose, man. It was crazy. And, and, and Brady was already looking at houses, and it wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming. So Las Vegas would have had Brady and Gronk the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl, except Gruden blew the deal up. And there's so much story that goes along with this behind the scenes. And I, I, I was never going to tell that story till. Gronk just said it, but uh, and, yeah. And Dana, oh, let me tell you what exactly Brady was what not happened. happened, and you just told the story. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad it did not go through. Really? Yes, I am glad it did not so go you through. Unbelievable! That was Gronk. You heard at at the end there, and you know, Mark, you brought up, and it was a good point that. Now that we have this info- information and you have one of the principals tied to it directly confirming it, which was Gronk, uh, Brady's commentary shortly after when he was on The Shop, the NFL show or the HBO show with uh, LeBron James, this comment he made, you could start to you know connect the red strings. There was a story in free agency. One of the teams, they were interested, and all of a sudden they weren't interested at the very end. Hmm. I was sitting there thinking, you're sticking with that motherfucker. <laughs> Are you serious? So that motherfucker is Derek Carr, right? You think so? I mean, just because of what we've learned from this, where it was this 11th hour Gruden, for whatever reason, deciding, I don't want Tom Brady and Gronk. I don't know what you what, what the mentality was there. I have a um, guess, by the way, but go on. This well, is an ATN investigation. I guess it is. Here we go. <laughs> um... No, go finish your point. Well, no, I, 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 it could have been Mitch Trubisky because the Bears were in the mix. There was just sort of like a couple of quarterbacks out there where you could like the slanderous. Well, everyone thought it was Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick. as of February because he was trying to get to the Dolphins based on that Flores thing. But the way Brady positioned it, yep. that it was it the last second, like, it certainly yeah. seems to be this story. And my theory is that Gruden, who's a control freak with a huge ego, um, I can imagine he didn't want – Tom Brady's the boss wherever he is. Yep. Now, that's uh, it. and that is not the situation. Gruden, he wanted that to be his team and his team alone. And Derek Carr is someone that I'm not saying Derek Carr is a puppet on the strings, but he's somebody that Gruden. He's a player. Control. He's yeah. a player. Yep. Ego I, getting in the way. That's that's original. Right. There's worked there's, out well for John overall. <laughs> I would say. And Gronk's like, I'm glad that didn't happen. And it's like, yeah. Uh, and people were like, really? What, what do you mean, really? You get, you just won a Super Bowl <laughs> with the Bucks. Yeah, but Gronk was all, he Gronk could have was, been partying in Vegas yeah, for two straight years. That would have been cool, too, for him. Gronk was sneaky great uh, those two years. But that is um, – it is amazing, and it is a life lesson. Uh, I think that it's true in a lot of walks of life. More people than you would think are just kind of – worried about protecting their turf mm. and keeping their gig versus like trying to do a good job or like succeeding. Yeah, I think that's a, a sad but true commentary on the world, Greg. <laughs> um, we'll have more on Tom Brady and the Bucks and maybe even Gronk after this break Ooh. when we 
oh, the return of the signature series of Around the NFL. Signature. <laughs> it's time. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Flashpoint series is back. (laughs) Studying the 2022 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What comes next for Tom Brady's team? And to help us navigate... This conversation is a man who's in his 27th year covering the Bucks, um, uh, currently with PewterReport.com. And Scott Reynolds, you, sir, welcome to ATN. You, sir, predate the Pewter, and that shows everyone that this dude <laughs> knows his Bucks history, the present, and what we need to know from you, the future. Yeah, I do go back to the creamsicles. We we're supposed to see those this year, but supposedly supply chain issues have caused problems. But oh, no. we'll see the creamsicles uh, for a throwback game next year. You know year. what that means. Tom Brady said, no, yeah. I'm not wearing those. Yeah, essentially. And they're That's like, right. oh, well, supply, supply. But <laughs> yeah. let's, before yeah. we get into what's going around the Bucks, because, Scott, this is an interesting uh, moment in time for Tampa because they make sense as a favorite in the NFC, but then you start to look closer at the roster and what's going on around the team, and you wonder if this could be a little more of a bumpy ride that some, than some people expect. At least that's kind of where I am right now at the Bucks. Tom Brady returned to the facility from his absence. He practiced with the team in some capacity today. Yeah. Uh, is everything on the Brady side of things now put to bed? It's going to be more like a Tom Brady buck season going forward, or do you imagine anything, any other <laughs> unforeseen uh, absences or anything like that moving on? We hope so, but we're not sure. This has been the most un-Brady-like year for a guy that is so meticulous when it comes to preparation and details and planning. Remember, there was the awkward retirement, right? Where, some NFL reporters beat him to the punch and and then he clumsily retired oh, and then he <laughs> and then he unretired 41 days later out of the blue on the eve of free agency. So uh, now all of a sudden, you know, it was an excused absence and then two and then, well, it's his birthday and then he's not going to be here for the Tennessee week. So this has been a very unbrady like year in Tampa Bay. And listen, the Bucks are just happy to have him because. The quarterbacks for this team were going to be Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask uh, if it wasn't Brady. So they want they want one more year of Brady, even if the guy just shows up on Sundays and plays. Why, why do you think, in terms of how this was handled, 
Because I think if, if Tom Brady, you know, a month and a half ago, they made it clear there was this scheduled time away. Uh, the team knew about it, but we're just going to drop this on all of you football fans and reporters <laughs> out of thin air. I think that made it yeah. into so much more than it needed to be. Why would the Bucks, if you're the front office, the coaches, certainly your PR staff, why stir things up that way? I, I, that, that's sort of what just threw me about this whole situation. Sure. And, and I think it was at Tom Brady's request. I think that's why they did it. Here's the thing, whether this was a pre-planned vacation, whether there is some type of medical issue surrounding a family member, uh, Tom Brady is a player that goes beyond the coverage of pewterreport.com or the Tampa Bay Times, for example. I mean, he, he's an icon. He is a national figure. So when you're talking about covering this guy, I mean, you're talking about paparazzi type coverage. I mean, he is a, a Michael Jordan, LeBron James. He's an icon. And so imagine if if Brady said, I'm going to go vacation. I'm going to take a couple of days off or I've got a, a, a family medical issue to attend to. You're just alerting the paparazzi to hmm. stake out certain places, right? Whether it's hospitals in California, if something happened to his parents or, you know, the, the hot spots Brady likes to go just so you get a picture of Tom, not at Bucks practice, right? So I can see why he did it. And I do know that he's a public figure. He is a, a worldwide icon. At the same time, I still believe everybody deserves some level of privacy. And yes, we'd like to know, but I'm fine with knowing after the fact. He's back, and I think that's all Buccaneer fans really care about right now. And uh, if you're going to vacation, if you're going to take some time away to see maybe an ailing family member, and I don't know what the reason is, it's just speculation, the time to do it is in training camp in August because once the season comes, Brady will be locked in. He didn't come back for a 23rd year in the league at age 45 to mess around. He's coming back to win another Super Bowl. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if he had some sports science data that actually says a, a, a time of rest right a month before the season is actually <laughs> yeah. optimal for his body at his age. Right. And he's at yeah, the point of his career. Game. Right. Yeah. Where he's yeah. just saying like, okay, I'm going to do this. And this is part of me. He coming makes back. the rules now. Right. He, he's like, <laughs> I already booked the hotel room. I can't cancel it uh, to come back. Uh, I love having you on Scott. Cause when I started at Roto world in 2003, like pewter report was around then. Like that yeah. was one of the sites yeah. then that like we had in our RSS feeds to get I the remember. latest news. And, and I'm still uh, looking at your site and using it. You had a, a headline, I think, that said the Kyle Trask experiment is all but over from the weekend. Yeah. I used that Oof. in my column on Monday because because Blaine Gabbert looks like he's going to be the backup. I, I am yep. curious, though, with everything that's gone around with Brady this offseason and this this vibe that they did, they changed the coaching staff, but not really, um, and that Brady hasn't been able to practice with Evans and Godwin and Gage because they've had, had their injuries and, and they lost Aaron Stinney over the weekend. And, of course, they, they lost Ryan Jensen. Like... Just yeah. what's the vibe of this offense not having gotten in the work that usually is so important to Tom Brady and just yeah. everything around this team kind of compared to what it was like the last couple of years with Arians? I'm going to use a visual aid for the vibe. The vibe is this. Okay. Fingers crossed. Okay. Fingers it's, crossed it's for our audio listeners. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. It's fingers crossed. And, and uh, keep in mind, I will say this. Uh, there was a little bit of a you know magic in, in the bottle uh, in 2020, remember, there was no preseason. There was a, a truncated training camp because of COVID-19. There was there were no preseason games. So the very first time that Tom Brady wore a Buccaneer uniform was in the week one season opener at New Orleans. And that's the first time he threw to Mike Evans and Chris Goblin in a game. So this is year three. He's two years ahead of that. He almost threw for, well, he threw for over 4,500 yards in his first year, over 5,000 yards last year. 40 touchdowns two years ago, winning the Super Bowl in the regular season, and then 43 last year. So I feel good about where Tom's at in terms of knowing this offense and, and knowing the majority of the pieces. Now, there are a couple new offensive weapons he's got to get some, some continuity with. Russell Gage, Julio Jones, Kyle Rudolph on the offensive side, Kate Out in the How's Julio looked? Is, like like. The, is the hype real on Julio? You've been at practices. Yeah, and I think they're doing a really good job of managing him. I mean, it, it sounds crazy, but he went to Tennessee last year, and, it, and I was talking to some of the Tennessee folks last week at, at the practices, the joint practices in Nashville. He went there to be the number two receiver. I think at this stage of the game with the injuries, he, he just his body's not going to hold up to be that guy. But you know what? He can be the league's best fourth wide receiver 
And I think that's what he's going to be. He's going to be a player that every once in a while he's going to get featured and he'll get 100 yards a game, but maybe that happens once or twice this year. There's just so many weapons to throw to. But they really don't need Julio Jones so much in September as they're going to need him in January. And if you go back and look at the three years that the, the Bruce Arians coaching staff, let's call it that because Todd Bowles is, is, you know, has been here since 2019. In 2019 and in last year, they just ran out of wide receivers at the end of the season due to injury. And this is a wide receiver-driven offense. Hmm. The only year where they had everybody healthy was in 2020. And look what happened. They won the Super Bowl. They brought in Antonio Brown, and he added to that mix along with Scotty Miller, who was having a good year. And, of course, Evans and and Godwin were the 1,000-yard receivers. So I, I like what the what the Bucks have done, being proactive and getting – not just a Russell Gage to replace Antonio Brown, but getting a guy like Julio Jones so he can be here and learn this offense and be a factor as a role player throughout the, uh, the year. And Mike Evans is obviously a rock, but we know Chris Godwin is coming off the ACL. And, you know, as a Jets fan, I remember the Todd Bowles teams when he was at the lead. That was They ran the ball a lot. They ran the ball yeah. early um, uh, in, on downs, and I'm just curious if you see a 5,000-yard season for Brady or anything close to it. I know Fournette's coming back. Uh, they invested a high draft pick in Rashad White. Yeah. Do you think this team turns into a more of a running-oriented team, or do you see them continue to play through um, Brady and the passing game regardless of who's on the field? Kind of both, and I don't mean to ride the fence there, but I, I see this being a pass-first offense still, and why wouldn't it be, right, with Tom Brady and Evans and Godwin and, and, and Russell Gage and Julio Jones. But as you mentioned, Leonard Fournette, he got paid $7 million a year, so you might as well use him. The good thing with Leonard is he can play on all three downs. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. He's one of those guys that Tom Brady stood on the table for and said, I want Lenny back. If I'm coming back, I want Lenny back. Mm. And then Rashad White is, is I think, going to be – a star in this league, uh, maybe not a, you know, a, a perennial pro bowl guy, but I think he can be a player that can run and catch the ball, have one of those 1200, maybe 1500 yard combined seasons in time. Leonard's going to be the guy this year, but Rashad White's going to be a nice addition. I think where they're, where they're trying to run the ball better is if you look at those losses to the Rams, now it's three losses in a row dating back to 2020. They played the Rams twice last year in the regular season. And of course the playoffs, and then the Saints, they've lost seven straight regular season games to the Saints. If you take away that playoff win in 2020, the last quarterback to beat the Saints was Ryan Fitzpatrick in the season opener in 2018. Mm. The Bucks have struggled running the ball against the Saints and against the Rams. Both those teams have pretty good pass rushes, and, and they've got good players that can cover receivers in the secondary. So I think what Todd Bowles wants is he wants to be able to run the ball when they want or need to run the ball. And if you have a little bit more balance in those games against the Rams and Saints, and guess what? They're on the schedule again this year. Then I think you're not subjecting Tom Brady in that offensive line to as, as many sacks and hits. And you stand a little bit better chance uh, to win the game with the more balanced offense. So I, I think it's going to be pass first against other teams, but against the, the heavyweight contenders in the NFC I think they want to be able to be a little bit more balanced. And speaking of the offensive line, obviously, I mean, if there's some weird vibes around the team, I mean, we saw when the line was banged up at the end of last year, Tom Brady was not looking like Tom Brady in some of those moments. Right. And it was definitely a compromised attack. And he was extremely frustrated. Aaron Stinney goes down. Ryan Jensen's out of the mix. I mean, you're already at the point where you're testing your depth. It, this is all or nothing for the Bucks. It's like this season, and then we go into That's an right. abyss after this season. So, I mean, are they? They've got ten. <laughs> they got ten million in cash space. They've got a full complement of draft picks for next next April. Would they? Are they looking to maybe make a move? There's J.C. Treader sitting out there. There's other guys, or is it we're just going to stick with our dudes and hope this thing works? Like you said, you know, fingers crossed. I think that they're going to probably get a veteran guard, maybe a guy that can play guard and center, because right now Nick Leverett is is in the mix for that starting left guard job, along with Luke Gedeke, who got the start Saturday night in his first start in the NFL against the Tennessee Titans. He's making the transition from right tackle to left guard, so that's the right to the left, tackle to guard. That's, that's already two hurdles. Then you have Central Michigan, which is the MAC, to – to the NFL. That, that's a big leap too. And you look at Tristan Wirfs and you say, okay, we well, started him as 
as a rookie, but Tristan Wirfs is just a freak. I mean, he was a first-round pick to begin with. Plus, he's played in so many big games in Iowa, you know, Power 5 school. So they like what they have there, but I think the loss of Stinney is going to force this team to go out and get a veteran to throw in that mix, too, and compete at the left guard spot. Uh, they, they expect Tristan Wirfs to be back from his strained oblique. He missed the game on Saturday night, but they're hopeful he returns by the Dallas Cowboys season opener. But, you know, it, it is Eesh. it is a little alarming what's happening along the offensive line right now. And if, if listen, you mentioned that 27 years covering this team, the Bucs have won two Super Bowls. They've been to two. The only times they've been and won those games is when they were extremely healthy. And that usually goes – it's usually par for the course, right, for Super Bowl winners. But the Buccaneers only had one starter on injured reserve in 2002. That was nose tackle Booger McFarland. They only had one starter on injured reserve in 2020. That was right guard Alex Kappa. Aaron Stinney was the player that filled in for Kappa in the postseason in the Super Bowl. So right now, they're already missing Ryan Jensen. He's the Pro Bowl center. And the guy that you didn't mention was Pro Bowl left guard Ali Marpet, who suddenly retired at age 29 this and, year. So it, it's, it does seem a little shaky up front right now for the Buccaneers offensive line. And that might be why they want to lean on the running game a little bit more. And, so Brady's not subjected to dropping back 35, 45 times a game and getting hit. And we just shared a look over here when you said worse might be a little up in the air for week one. You're looking you at their the Cowboys too. That's a tough schedule for yeah. the Bucs. Uh, we talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago, it, coming out of the, the gate. When you factor in that Brady missed a portion of training camp and the offensive line is dealing with injury and, and missing guys, and and then you put in the schedule, that's where I start to get nervous about this team. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how they come out of the gate and what they're looking like when the calendar turns over to, say, October. Scott, you don't know this, but Dan has been predicting Tom Brady's demise for eight straight seasons. Uh, and he's <laughs> It's going to happen. He's ready days, for it to happen. happen. Well, the gradual decline is... That's is, that's a deep oversimplification from Greg. <laughs> I don't think Brady's going to be the problem, but it, no. I'm, I'm speaking more to what's around him. Right, you know? and, and yeah. Scott, there... I, I do, <laughs> I do wonder what kind of like in his heart of hearts what Jason Light and the ownership and different people in this organization sometimes think because they experience what the post Brady era was like for a little bit. I guess they were trying to get him back probably the whole time. Yeah. Uh, because it's because it's weird. Tom Brady's a free agent after this season. We we That's talked right. about earlier the the report. Uh, or the the comment from Dana White that he was trying to get to the mm-hmm. Raiders, uh, John Gruden should you know put him put him up in the Ring of Honor again in Tampa. He got you another Super Bowl. Like yep. he tried to get to the Dolphins. Two he di- loves the Niners. Two different times. <laughs> I don't yep. know. Is there like a little bit of like hmm? This this really might be our last year with Brady here because whether he leaves to play football again or what, like. It's it's a lot. I want you, Scott, to be the guy asking the hard questions if this thing goes south. Just take it to Brady. Okay, I, I'll do that. I'll say this, though. If you look at the state of the NFC Pep South, talk. and it, and things can, can change quickly, right? I mean, nobody saw the Cincinnati Bengals going to the Super Bowl last year, but things can change quickly. So we'll see how the rest of the South develops and comes around. But right now, I still like the Buccaneers, especially with, with the – the, what they have going on defense and Todd Bowles being a defensive minded head coach, if they can figure out the Saints in the regular season and at least split with them, I, I think that that the post Brady era can still be a fruitful one for the Buccaneers. It's not going to be good. It's not going to. I shouldn't say it, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be great, but it can be good. Meaning that I still think the there's a path to the playoffs for the Buccaneers even after Brady because. They've got enough weapons on on offense to plug a quarterback in as long as you don't get a guy that's a turnover machine like Jameis Winston was, because that was the real difference. In 2019, you had a quarterback throw 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, including an NFL record, seven pick sixes, and you go seven and nine. The team's pretty much the same the next year. Tom Brady comes and you flip out the quarterbacks, you go 11 and five. Win a Super Bowl. So if they can find a quarterback who's not a turnover machine, they can be kind of a caretaker. Another Brad Johnson, if you will. A lot of talent. Uh, A guy that can come in, and I think this Todd Bowles defense is going to continue to be very good. You can win the South. And if you win the South, you get the automatic pipeline to the playoffs. And then who knows? Anything can happen in the playoffs. It's all about, you know, the double H's, right? How hot you are and how healthy you are in January. And and I think that there's there's a, a, a pathway to the playoffs for the Buccaneers after Brady's gone, 
just because the NFC South is not what it used to be. And we'll see how the Saints fare with Jameis Winston or whatever quarterback they choose in, in the years to come. But I think the Buccaneers can be good and, and still rule the roost in the NFC South for a couple years after Brady. Check out Scott Reynolds' latest article on pewterreport.com. It's a Bucks Monday mailbag. I love writing mailbags. Mailbags are fun. fun. So check out, yeah, great mailbag. check out Scott's. Uh, I haven't done one in like two years. But um, And also, hey, Scott, before yours. we say goodbye to you, real quick answers. First thing that comes to your mind, okay. was Brady on The Masked Singer? No. That, okay. And uh, <laughs> is Gronk on this team by Thanksgiving? By Thanksgiving, I'd say by the playoffs. How about that? Yes. All right. I think he comes back. All right. Thank I think he comes much. back in, in maybe December. Maybe not by Thanksgiving, but but um, you know, because he's got to eat, right? He's got to get right. he's got to get the whole smorgasbord for Thanksgiving, right? I don't think he wants to be out there running wind sprints and trying to get in football shape until after he has Thanksgiving. So that's my answer. I like that. By like 2037, it'll be like Gronk. He'll commit to playing for the Super Bowl specifically, right? <laughs> With Tom Brady, quarterback, of course. Um, all right, thank you very much, Scott Reynolds. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Got you. It. That's it. That's the flashpoint. I mean. I feel like we're ahead of the story now, Mark, as yes. we always are with the Flashpoint series. I've always uh, believed in the series. Um, you know, uh, we, we birthed it, the concept yes. of it at the Combine, which was a, a rich time to come up with new ideas. Uh-huh. And uh, it was like, oh, oh, you guys are going to talk about Baker Mayfield and the Browns, like yep. uh, dead weight. And then like uh, like literally within a 48-hour cycle after we did Flashpoint, mm-hmm. all chaos and, and hell breaks loose in Cleveland. So Same thing uh, happened with Matt Ryan, right? Or was it Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz, yeah, two for two. Ahead of that one, so, too. but 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 you've set such a high standard here. We have, I should say. Mm, well, not a, not uh, maybe <laughs> not the royal way. Maybe me and Mark. Will. I'm just saying like something it. big has to happen. If they just are like 13 and four and have a normal. Well, what we're telling season, you, yeah. and what what the audience understands by now, because they trust the instincts of Mark and I, uh, something this will be a jumping off point to something else where people. Everyone's okay. going to be talking Tampa. Well, you book who, it. who suggested yeah. the Bucks as a potential flashpoint team? I believe I did. Dan did. So the the this series. Dan hands a shout out. What were you, you Paul Rudd? What, what were you thinking? The answer to that question. <laughs> I thought it was be. me. I don't remember. No. I thought I threw out the Bucks and the Ravens as two possibilities. I did. Yeah. I don't know. We'll yeah. have to. We don't have the, to litigate that I'm right now. I'm checking the text. Yeah. I recall I, it being Dan. I threw yeah. out those two texts. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Here about it that. is. Um, no, I think you're trying to backdoor your way into this segment as a part of your brainchild, but sometimes you just got to, I think, take the L a little bit. You know, I think it's, it's more, just a it's, huge hit, the segment. It's, it's, there's more integrity around just taking the L on something like this. There's, there's no L to be taken. I think it was a, a wonderful conversation. And I'm with them. They still are like the favorites. I mean, I, they still to, are, to be but clear, I, don't, I, think, I think it's weird it's and it could tricky. go crazy, but their defense is loaded. Their offense is loaded. I think they probably have the best roster in the NFL right now. And I, right there. It, we did team slogans a couple of weeks ago. Like another one that pops in my head with the Bucks, like it's going to be tricky. Just yeah, feels like I it's going to be a little bit tricky. I think it's fingers crossed. Visual. Fingers okay. crossed is Dan, another good one. Dan sense, asks, you know? is there a sexy storyline <laughs> or topic out there we can tapple, tackle with a deeper dive and a guess? My answer. Bucks, I'm stupid. <laughs> uh, Bucks lost another OL for the year and Brady returns. Period. Steelers, question mark? So I threw out two teams. And then you said Bucks are interesting to me. So yeah. I'm just saying. You, you muddled the waters with the Steelers, so Zeuser had to come in and Tugboat had to yeah, clear the water. Yeah, those were options. Yeah. Well, I know that you like to pick it. You know. It's your, <laughs> That's enough. It's your That's enough. You've taken it too far. <laughs> Um, all right, that's it. So um, we'll be back. Yes, with and I was I was pulling your leg a little bit there, uh, Mark. The fantasy extravaganza. I could tell just by looking at you, you are excited and pumped for the forty eighth annual ATN fantasy extravaganza. Why would I miss the forty eighth incarnation of it? I mean, the the guest list is um, spicy. Are we sharing the guest list? Or are I we gonna we Are we gonna hold? Wait. You want to wait? I mean, I teased that other thing. Yeah, I mean, you're a tease master. So today. let's just say, stay where we are with that, with you're the guest big list. Tease, Mark. Then like. I'll see you on Wednesday. <laughs> There's uh, those eyes between you two. Again. Yep. And uh, <laughs> and and Greg, I think you you can honestly now again acknowledge Flashpoint series not going away and has just a lot of juice. It's a lot of juice. Signature. I think the main reason why it's back is the, this manufactured narrative that I'm not in favor of it. So there's really Greg's no way out jerk. of this. Greg's a jerk. Greg's a jerk. Not repeat. Greg's a jerk. Greg is a jerk. Greg's a jerk. Greg's a jerk. <laughs> Greg's a jerk. Can you send that to me, please? That was yeah. nine different women, by the way. Of yeah. course. <laughs>
Uh, good stuff. We have fun. <laughs> Love you, Greg. <laughs> you're fine. Yeah, you're a, you're a good sport. That is a nice callback, by the way. Um, all right. Till Wednesday. To the fantasy extravaganza. Whew. 48 already, Greg. 49 now. 40, 50th. <laughs> Till Wednesday. <laughs> Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.